Hey guys, and welcome to the Simply Talking with 604 podcast. I am Mike, and today we're talking with Lucas from VRC Modding Team, aka Virtual Racing Cars. Lucas has been in the sim racing industry for many, many years and has helped create some of the best mods to ever come to not only Assetto Corsa, but uh, Virtual Racing Cars has lent their work to Automobilista 2 and more recently Live for Speed. So he's got some amazing insights into how mods are created and the whole process of creating and distributing mods. It's a fascinating podcast. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. So please enjoy Lucas from Virtual Racing Cars. Lucas, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm wonderful. Uh, Sunday, race day, always great. Um, and yeah, uh, looking forward uh, to the questions you have for me. Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. Um, I've been a fan of virtual racing cars and of course before that VRC modding team for many, many years and it's exciting to uh, talk to somebody. So for those who might not know you by name, what is your role within virtual racing cars? Um, yeah, my role changed uh, over time. So um, I started off as a sound designer. I'm still designing sounds for virtual racing cars. But um, yeah, my main work is now yeah, coordinating everything regarding social media. So the website, Discord, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, whatever you could call social media, I um, take care of it and make sure that people are happy. I do a little bit of customer support as well. Uh, but yeah, every now and then I do um, I do still uh, sounds uh, for VRC, and um, sometimes I'm a little bit sad that I don't spend as much time creating sounds anymore. But uh, but to be fair, uh, Mr. Mike is doing a amazing work for us. So um, I mean, to have like one or two projects per year where I get uh, to do the sound should be enough. That's great. And I, I want to ask a series of questions about how mods are created because mods have been such a big part of my sim racing experience over the past, let's say, five to seven years. And of course, it's helped me grow my channel. And it really just, to me, uh, it's, it's a key part of sim racing. So I want to ask a series of questions about how these mods are created. So the first one is, how do you and the team decide on which project you want to take on? Because I'm sure it takes a long time to create a given car or a given track. And with that in mind, knowing that it's such a long process, how do you decide on which cars, um, or how do you and the team decide which cars you choose to create next? Um, yeah, actually, the process have changed over the last like 12 to 18 months. I mean, we are now a company, so we have to make sure to be somewhat profitable if we make a decision to create a car. So, um, I mean, back in the day when we were a VRC modding team, we just created the cars we were passionate about. And um, yeah, now over time, of course, we have to look yeah, into some some data, which cars could be very popular, which series could be very popular. And um, yeah, based on that, uh, we had get at least a baseline what we could do. And after that, we just, yeah, see what we are passionate about at the end. Because um, you, you have to remember, um, when we are creating something, if we are not passionate about it, the result most likely won't be as up on par with the stuff you already see around there. Um, so yeah. But, but but funny enough, um, we do have some supporters in the background um, who are always like pitching project ideas and even are willing uh, to support us financially creating the uh, project. So 
uh, we are very yeah fortunate right now that we have people in the background pitching us ideas we rolling with it and see if we can work with it and if we decide that that is a project we can work on then we start with it that's great um and so let's say you have uh you know got one of these ideas and it seems like you're ready to move forward as a team on creating this mod um obviously a key part of the next steps is gathering data now, for something like the Tourers Pack, which uh, you released, uh, I guess, a month or two ago, and is, is fantastic as always, but it's probably not that easy to get actual data. Or, you know, you folks have done a bunch of um, endurance racing cars, and those teams are notoriously secretive, and you did the uh, uh, Formula Alpha uh, 2022, and again, you're not going to get uh, a lot of data. So how do you go about getting the necessary data in terms of the performance of the car um, in order to create something that's going to be realistic? Um, so one major point or benefit we have in the team, uh, our physics guru is actually an engineer. So um, he has a lot of experience uh, creating stuff from scratch. And over the years, he created a Excel sheet, uh, very complicated, but um, very useful to basically create any car we want in Assetto Corsa. And uh, what we are doing in, in the process, so if we look into results. So that is like the first thing. So what was the top speed of the car? What was the cornering speed? We look into uh, sector times. So on some tracks, we just see, okay, if we ride now, or if we drive now on, on Monza, what is the, the top speed there? What is off with the medium or high downforce track? And we just try to compare if the top speed data we have there and the top speed we are uh, getting in our SIM car is somewhat comparable because this is like the first hint that we are at least going into the right direction. And uh, yeah, and then obviously, um, funny enough, if you Google uh, some cars and uh, you look for, for data, sometimes there's even like the car's manual um, available and we can actually get the, the real data of the car. Uh, obviously, um, if you are then translating it into a of Corsa, most of the time you cannot do a one-on-one <laughs> data sheet and put it in a set of Corsa. Most of the time we have to do some assumptions how the car was working. Um, back then, and then thing, things like uh, tires, of course, is always really difficult uh, because tire manufacturers are really secretive about their data. Even like tires from 20, 25 years ago, um, no chance that you get anything from them. Um, but yeah, here and there, we, we are lucky enough to, to grab some, uh, some manual car manuals. And yeah, thanks uh, to our physics guru, um, Karim is his name, by the way. Um, yeah, he has so much experience now creating a set of Corsa content. He's doing it now for like seven or eight years. Uh, we pretty much benefit off from his experience right now. Yeah, obviously he does amazing work. And for your part, you know, creating the sounds, uh, you do amazing work as well. And as somebody like me who knows nothing about mod creation, how do you go about getting the sounds in game? So I'm sure, um, you know, there's some level of either finding clips of a car uh, online that you can use as audio samples or maybe going to track days and hearing the specific car you're trying to recreate in, 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 in a racing sim um what do you do from there how difficult is the process or can you explain a bit about the process of going from having a sample of the sound uh to recreating it in a racing sim 
Yeah, maybe uh, let's give me uh, an example. So the Bima V12, uh, one of the projects I did the, uh, the sounds for. Uh, so this project started uh, basically with one uh, podcast um, I found where the car was running around uh, Laguna Seca. Uh, but the problem was um, the microphone positioning wasn't perfect. So there were like a lot of um, noises uh, in the yeah in the podcast where I couldn't really work with it. Um, but um, in general, um, if I want to start to create a sound, first of all, I need to understand the engine. Uh, so how many cylinders... What is the ref limiter of the engine is really important. Uh, and funny enough, a car sound only sounds great in-game if the physics are on point as well, because this is like the sound and the physics have, have to go hand in hand to get the ultimate uh, result for, for in-game usage. Um, but basically what I do, I just try uh, to listen to um, different onboards um, of the car and external shots, and I try to get a general understanding what the car could have sound like if you have sat in the car, because most of the time, if you are uh, listening to multiple audio sources, you will recognize that always the sound of the car is not the same. It is changing. Sometimes it could be the exhaust, so that the exhaust has changed, but sometimes it's just simply the quality of the microphone, uh, which wasn't really on, on power on the level I, I needed. And um, talking about the, the Beamer V12, so basically, I had the baseline noise sound I wanted to recreate. And during the process, I recognized multiple times uh, that the V12 um, of the Bima was really, really tough to recreate because there were so many frequencies I couldn't really um, yeah, get into the sample. Uh, so I started to look for similar sounding cars. Uh, so at the end, the Bima V12 has like five different cars sound-wise in it. So that I was able to recreate like the original sound I thought how it would have sound like in the past when you were actually sitting in the car. Uh, sometimes people do get confused if they are going to YouTube and uh, click and look for an onboard video and they are like, hey, this is how the car sounds like. But most of the time you have to remember uh, if you are listening to the external sounds of the car, most likely this, the, the onboard sound was somewhat like this, but you are more in the in the sound focus, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, so basically, to get those frequencies inside um, the car is really, really important. And I think uh, with the Beamer, this was a really, really tough task because there were so many cars I was listening to and I had to get the pitch right and that everything is matching together. Um, but it is so rewarding at the end um, if you get onto the track and you hear all the noises you want to hear and there's nothing... Um, distracting you from the activity driving the car. That's amazing. What a great answer. Thank you for that. And um, I want to ask, because there's been so many mods that have come through the VRC modding and virtual racing cars uh, system. Uh, you folks have released so many great cars over so many years. And I want to ask you, uh, looking back, which car would you say you're most proud of? What's one specific car that comes to mind where you think, you know what, we did everything exactly right on this car. This is fantastic. And it's exactly what we set out to accomplish. Oh, that is a tough one. Or, or you can um, give me a couple. It doesn't have to be one. Yeah, the, the here um, the, the thing is, um, there are projects I'm personally really proud of, uh, about, and then there are projects I think where VRC as a whole can be very proud about. Um, I think the Formula Alpha 2022 uh, was simply amazing because of the purposing. 
Um, none of the team thought we were able to get this done. And the first time I was driving it last year in Assetto Corsa, I was shocked. I was driving out of the pits, I was running in Imola, and when I was driving uh, on the main straight, I was like, Jesus Christ, this car has a lot of things going on. And I was really overwhelmed by, by the amount of things I was feeling through my steering wheel and I have a butt shaker under me. So everything was shaking basically when I was running through, <laughs> uh, through the straight. And um, yeah, so the Formula Alpha, I think, um, was like one of the projects I did not really expect it would turn out so good. Um, but as you said, this is a project where we had a lot we had to make a lot of assumptions. We had not a lot of data available. So um, at the end, we cannot tell you if that is the way how a real Formula One car feels like, but we think this is the closest what we could um, achieve in the short period of time we had back in the day. And I think in terms of what I want to achieve in the project, I think the Formula Beta 2008 was the project I was most proudest of because um, we had data, real data of this car really, really early on. And this is like one of the few cars where I can confidently say this is how a real car should have felt like based on the data we have. And um, one of the few projects I've done the sound for as well. And um, yeah, I think uh, Formula Beta 2008 would be like my personal favorite and Formula Alpha for VRT. That's awesome. So we, we talked a little bit about physics earlier and, uh, you know, having to sort of fill in gaps of knowledge and make some assumptions. And, you know, as you said, with the alpha, it, it came together nicely. How do you know when a car is ready for release? And the, the reason I ask this is because I'm sure uh, there's always something that, you know, you notice at the last second and, and you wish you had done this a little bit differently. And um, maybe it's not 100% perfect, but you might have to leave it based on limitations of a settle Corsa or whatever. But generally speaking, how do you know when it's time to go uh, public with a mod? Because uh, it's a long process, I'm sure. And as I say, there's always things that probably could be made slightly better, maybe a, a few little minor details here and there. Um, but when, when does the team know it's time to release? Um, so when we are starting with the project, uh, we always try to set up a date where we want to be finished. Uh, not because we are like we are into pressure and we want to be like first in something, but but we need at least some some timeline so that we are knowing uh, in what state the car should be in when we really want to release it at the point we decided to to release a car. Uh, but most of the time we don't hit those targets for for multiple reasons. Obviously, we are all like doing different stuff. We are not only working for VRC. For most of us, it is only a side gig still, even though we are a company. Uh, not all of the members in the team can live off from uh, VRC. Um, yeah, but 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 basically, um, we try to match like certain real life events all the time. So like the 24 hours of Le Mans or the first race uh, in in Formula One. We we just try to hit like um, dates uh, where we think that the community as a whole would be interested in the car we are releasing at this time point. Um, I mean, not always we, we are hitting those targets, uh, targets as I said, but, but most of the time when we see people are starting to talking about certain cars because they have heard rumors or a lot of people are really uh, engaged into our Discord and they know that we are talking about, uh, well, a little bit more openly about our future projects in Discord. 
um, people always like asking pretty much at the same time we are in the finishing uh, process of the cars we, we are creating. Uh, but basically, um, when we hit the target uh, time and we are like a couple of weeks off or even only a couple of days, we're basically testing the car um, to, to every possible bug you can think of. So we do sound testing, we do physics testing, we double check um, the 3D model, the textures, um, and well, I'm the only guy having a VR headset, so I'm putting my VR headset on and make sure that you can, I don't find any bugs when you're in virtual reality. Um, so, and if we have done all the testing and we cannot find any major flaws, um, this is the point where, yeah, at least someone in the team have to say, okay, I think we should release it and then we go ahead with it. That's great. And I've just got two more questions here for you and then we'll got, get on to some uh, different things in this podcast. Uh, so second to last question. Um, I know in the world of YouTube creation, uh, we're all friends. Like I'm friends with Chris Hay. I'm friends with, uh, you know, uh, Jake from GP Labs. Like it's not a competition. I was curious if it's like that at all on the modding side. Like, can you look at the work of some other modding teams, let's say Race Sim Studio, for example, and appreciate what they do and, uh, uh, you know, appreciate all the work that goes into um, them doing a similar exercise as you? And uh, if so, are there mods by other teams uh, that you feel, uh, you know, were really great? And uh, in other words, uh, like what work do you appreciate by other modding teams? Um, yeah, obviously. I mean, um, I do have huge respect uh, for, for Racing Studio, for example. I mean, uh, all the people who are working in Racing Studio right now are former friends, colleagues, uh, when we were like in Formula Corsa modding back in the day in 2014, 2015. Um, so it's not like that we don't know the people in different modding teams and we are not in touch with them. Um, especially, I mean, uh, one topic uh, is not a happy one, but obviously there are people uploading our content everywhere. And especially in this regard, uh, we are supporting each other, making sure that our work doesn't get um, yeah, uploaded somewhere. And we are really try to make sure that none of us get like big issues because of that. Uh, but obviously, um, we are looking into it. And sometimes we have our opinions, obviously, like the other modding teams as well. But we are not a huge fan of being like, you can only only be the the fan of ERC, or you can only be the fan of Racing Studio. Everyone is accepted. Uh, every everyone is, um, yeah, more than happy to have his own opinion on on each work. And um, obviously, there are some teams I'm not really happy about. I mean, you had your experiences with it as well, with <laughs> one particular one. Um, so obviously, there are always like some some bad players around. But like all the major teams, uh, there there's nothing I could complain about. And, and funny enough, uh, talking uh, or asking me about my favorite car from, from a different modding team. So Racing Studio recently uh, released the 919 EVO. Uh, so this is my, to be honest, um, this is my most favorite car ever a car company created. And when I saw that Racing Studio um, did this car, uh, I was hooked straight away and I did tons of laps uh, on the Nordschleife trying to beat uh, the, the, the lap record, what I did multiple times. But driving this car in VR and being immersed in this experience and be like, hey, it's just ridiculous to think about driving down the Döttinger Höhe with 360, 370 kph. Um, yeah, this is a project I have huge, huge respect for. Um, I think it's not an easy car to get any data for as well. So um, 
and then to hit it all out like this, um, yeah, simply amazing. So this was by far the most, or the greatest release um, I, I enjoyed most from, from a different team. Yeah, I, I would agree. They they just did a really great job with that. And it was a, a great project for them to take on because, uh, you know, such a great car lap record holder and, uh, yeah, a very exciting car and it turned out really well. So final question for you, uh, Lucas, directly from me. Um, why do modding teams avoid street cars? And I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it seems like most modding teams and, and virtual racing cars is also this way. Uh, the focus is on racing cars. And it seems like, you know, a lot of the exciting, uh, you know, the new Ferraris, the new Lamborghinis, this kind of thing, um, tend to be avoided by modding teams. Is there a specific reason for that? Or is it uh, just, I don't know. I'm just curious. Is, is that by design or is that just uh, teams are taking on race car projects because they're more passionate about it or, or what is it? Um, yeah, as I said earlier, every project we are doing is about passion and that we are passionate about it. And when I go to a car show or motor show, um, I always jump the street cars and always go to the race car straight away. For some reason, I'm just hooked uh, to, to race cars and I enjoy them the most. And I think this is like, at least for VRC, I can tell you that we are all passionate about racing cars and not normal road cars. Uh, so most of the time when we are talking about uh, or recreating cars, it's always, um, yeah, race cars. But it doesn't mean that we don't do road cars. We have done road cars, but they are not public. Um, but yeah, if you, so, but, but, in general, if we get the chance to create something we think the community enjoys, um, yeah, we always tend to go to the race cars. I think it's more like a passion thing than anything else. Yeah, that's great to hear. And um, yeah, now you've got me curious about these non-public mods, Lucas. <laughs> Someday you and I will have to talk more uh, about that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they exist. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, say that. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right, so, so time to uh, talk about uh, some opinions we might have. And I'm, I've got three questions here. Uh, this is strictly opinions, and you can share yours, and then I will share mine. Uh, the first one is kind of, I'm sure, right, uh, right up your alley, meant for you. Um, are mods a must-have for future racing sims? So in other words, I'm thinking, you know, when the next Assetto Corsa comes, um, is it a must that it has mods or do you think um, that mods are, are a, a specific thing that only some racing sims should do? Well, uh, that is a great question. Uh, I mean, uh, at the moment we have like a difficult phase where nobody knows what is the next big title supporting modding anyway. Um, but I mean, in general, I think uh, modding support should be optional because in the best case scenario, like um, the the development studios are more than capable by themselves to create enough content for, for the racing sim. But of course, the reality for, for most uh, modding or development teams is that they barely can keep up with the demand racing drivers or some racing drivers have uh, in, in, in regarding to content. And I had a converse, conversation with the Gamer Master recently where he was uh, like, 
yeah, you know what? Game developers are always so busy making sure the game is working so that the content is always lacking in the racing sim. And basically, uh, the work we are doing at VRC, we are making sure that we really get the most out of the engine we already have um, available. Uh, I mean, in a perfect world, um, we don't need mods, but I think um, out of the passion and everything that is created uh, out of it, I'm, I think Assetto Corsa is the best example. Um, we have now all-time highs in, in the player count uh, at the moment. I think the main reason is if you type in any car in Google, you will find the download link for it. And I think this is like the great thing uh, about Assetto Corsa right now. If you really want to drive a car or if you really want to drive a, a specific track, you will find it for a set of Corsa, that is for sure. And I think uh, this, uh, it took, it took a, well, a lot of years to, to reach that point. So the game is now, I think, nine years old. And now we have reached the point that you basically can drive whatever you want. But on the other hand, this means we now have to wait another like 10 years before we hit this peak momentum again. And I don't know if we are living in a world right now where we have enough patience for that. <laughs> I would agree. And uh, talking about a subtle course of two, I am, I am of the opinion that they don't that Kunos does not need to support mods uh, for a subtle course of two. Maybe a future project, but um, I think if they took the same approach with a subtle course of two that they did with a subtle course of competizione, in other words, make it so accurate that the real world drivers you know can compete with it i mean that's a victory you know hopefully they get free of gt3 and start doing open wheelers um but i i think the kunos team is capable of so much uh accuracy and such great work that um yeah i i i think they don't necessarily need to allow for mods um and the other thing is um we have a Settle Corsa and we will continue to have a Settle Corsa and it still looks great. It still drives great. So I don't necessarily need to start a new mod collection. Like if when a Settle Corsa 2 comes out, I still want to play all of my VRC mods. I still want to play all of my RSS mods. I still want to play all the tracks I downloaded from Race Department. I don't want to have those get forgotten because now we're starting with a Settle Corsa 2. I'm going to be in a Settle Corsa racer for many, many years to come. And as you say, we have so many now that just about any car and track you can think of from any era is available. And that's always going to be my modding platform. I'm not willing to let that go. Um, so I think with a set of course of two, whatever Kunos chooses to do is up to them, of course. But for me, I don't see mods as necessarily a, a necessary thing. I think uh, we have a set of course and it'll be around for many, many years. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think it's a crucial part for me. And uh, second question, a, a very tough one, Lucas, and I'm sorry to do this to you. How do we define a racing sim versus a racing game. Oh, okay. Um, it's 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 a question yeah. that's been asked to many many people, <laughs> and no one really has yeah. a definitive answer. So I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, it, it is a tough one. I mean, um, from from a modder's perspective, um, I think for me, it's a racing sim where I can punch in as many data as possible to get the closest result as possible. Uh, so if I don't have this uh, possibility, um, yeah, obviously we have titles like ACC and we know that the developers are really uh, behind uh, the development of the of the cars. But 
if you look at uh, the Forza brand, for example, where we have where we have like 400, 500, 600 cars, you could argue that this part is a little bit lacking because it's just the sheer amount of cars is just too much to make sure that every and each car is really simulated uh, per se. Um, so um, to be honest, um, I think when you have a game developer who says this is a racing simulator and they are focusing on something and try to make them the most out of it, like an ACC, uh, like an Assata Corsa simulator, even though they had like a hard car count at the very end, at least they gave us the possibility to edit files if we are, feel like we have to modify something. And now we have this amazing Assata Corsa we, we know right now. Uh, but even titles like uh, Live for Speed as well. This game is from 2002, added uh, modding support, I think, uh, last year. And now this title does get back, uh, or, well, gets back in relevancy, basically, because now you can create cars for it. Unfortunately, you cannot create tracks for it. But when people do get the opportunity to fiddle around with data and do their own experiences and make sure that maybe even their own road car feeds like in the sim or their own race car feeds like in the sim, uh, this is for me a title which I would call a racing simulator because then everyone in theory has the chance uh, to put in the car or modify a car to his liking. Yeah, that's that's well said. And uh, it's, it's such a tough thing to define because, um, you know, obviously simulators focus more on accuracy than fun. Nobody would call Mario Kart a simulator. It's designed to be fun. But at the same time, if your only definition of a racing sim is it's trying to be accurate, then it creates this huge space in the middle where a title may or may not fall into that. It's like, how accurate does it need to be to be a simulator? For example, I enjoy Gran Turismo 7. I think it's a great title. But when I drive it, I'm, you know, uh, completing lap times that just are not feasible in, in real life. And so is that a simulator? Well, it's Gran Turismo historically is one of the key simulators. It's, it's one of the main simulators. It's one of the reasons sim racing grew to what it is now. So it's like, is that a racing sim? It, it kind of is historically, but you know, now it's maybe tipping away from accuracy. So, um, I think it's too hard to create hard lines around what is a simulator versus what is a game. And, um, yeah, it's, it's general guidelines. If, if I had to define it in words, I would say it's any racing title. A simulator is any racing title that uh, focuses on accuracy and recreation of real world racing for the most part. And then a racing game uh, kind of has more aspects of fun to it. So that's the best I can do. But I, I admit there's a huge gray area in the middle where uh, a lot of titles would not fall into either. All right. Uh, so final question, I guess, uh, first, a, a yes, no question. Are you an F1 fan? Hell yes. <laughs> okay. That's great. That's great. And I noticed your, your Twitter handle contains Ferrari. So I'm going to ask you, how is Ferrari going to do in formula one this year? Oh, um, yeah. F funny enough. Um, the, my, my nickname, uh, well was created at the time where Michael Schumacher was still driving, uh, in formula one. 
so this is where this is coming from, basically. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still watching every race. Uh, still a huge fan of Formula One. I mean, uh, if you look at uh, the previously free content we have created, I mean, this is our log it's all Formula One cars, basically. Um, but yeah, I think um, Ferrari has a tough task in front of them. Um, I think if you look at the new cars that have been presented now, um, it's great to see that the Ferrari was already running and everything was fine. I mean, it was the greatest launch uh, we've ever had in Formula One history, I think. Um, yeah, I hope uh, that Charles um, gets the opportunity again to fight for the title. I think uh, 2022 was, um, yeah, at the end, very, very unlucky. Some mistakes from the team, some mistakes from the driver. Most of the time never ends up in a, in a driver's championship or a manufacturer's title. Um, so hopefully this year um, the team and the drivers get it together, make the right and smart decisions, because I don't think that the car will be the problem in 2023. I think the, the personnel behind it uh, will be a deciding factor, at least in my opinion. Hmm, yeah. Um, for me, I guess Ferrari, I could see them... Cont <sighs> I really think, and I don't like saying this, but I really think it's going to be another year of Red Bull domination. I know they had the penalty coming into this season of, I think, a 20% reduction in time in the wind tunnel. And what the effects of that are, I don't know. But I really feel like Red Bull last year were so far ahead of everyone else that I don't think the other teams can catch up in one off season. I, I think it's too much to ask. Like the, you know, Ferrari and Mercedes last year, um, it wasn't really considered a battle because, you know, Red Bull was, was the star of last year. But Ferrari and Mercedes were so close on so many races and we didn't know how that would rank at the end of the season. And uh, so I expect those two to again be close in in pace and overall performance um i think leclerc and signs is a fantastic driver pairing um but i also think uh, uh hamilton and russell is a fantastic driver pairing so i expect those two teams to battle it out and um you know ferrari i think has a new boss this year and i think that you know the team is in, in a good place for the next three to five years i would say um but i just think that um yeah, I think Red Bull's still going to be ahead uh, by quite a lot this year. Um, but hopefully we get some good, um, you know, Ferrari-Mercedes battles this year. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, so closing out here, just got a couple of questions from our fans. I posted this on Twitter and people ask questions. Um, first one to you, Lucas. Um, are there more mods planned from virtual racing cars for titles uh, other than Assetto Corsa? We've seen, you know, the first uh, AMS2 mod. We've seen a Live for Speed mod. Um, is that something, is that a direction that virtual racing cars kind of intends to keep on going with? Or was that just to see if you could do it? Or uh, what sort of uh, virtual racing cars stance on mods? Or, yeah, on mods for other titles. Um, yeah, we, we started off with Assetto Corsa being very successful with it, but I think we have reached a point, uh, even within the team, uh, where we think we have to look for different platforms as well. Um, I think there's so much untapped uh, potential right now within uh, the sim racing community because they're like, like titles like BeamNG, uh, Live for Speed, Automobilista 2. Um, all titles where you can create mods for, even RFX2. 
but yeah, we have like one car now in it, but still not really have figured out what title we really want to pursue next. Uh, Assetto Corsa will always be a very important part of VRC, and I don't think we will quit modding for it anytime soon. Uh, but I think we need at least like one, uh, yeah, at least one major extra title where we can create uh, content for regularly, um, which is isn't uh, easy because we are a very small team and to basically have multiple um, platforms now and be full in full support mode and make sure that we don't. Uh, we have to make sure that every game update coming up now, especially for titles like Automobilista 2, does not break our mod cast. So this can be like a very difficult topic as well. I think a lot of people, uh, I do remember that very well. But, but back in the day when Assetto Corsa um, was released, basically we got regular updates of the game. And one of the projects I've created uh, back in the day was the Ferrari F2002 car. You can download it in race department. I think it's like the second most successful car ever downloaded on race department and uh, i had to update the car sound like eight times because the sdk for the sound changed and this can be very very stressful when you get an update released and the car has no sounds anymore and this is something we are we are a little bit worried about that titles who are still in development we always have to redo a lot of things and that is why we are still like in a yeah, we try some some things out, and we want to make sure that we are at the right uh, platform at the right time. But we don't want to force it. We we take our time for it. Yeah, good for you. That seems like a good approach. All right, final question. Final question. Um, I at the time we're recording this, um, I've just tried uh, the update to the uh, tours pack. Uh, uh, amazing work. I, I just want to say congratulations on the tours pack. It's fantastic. Um, but my final question, actually, this one came to us uh, from some of our fans. Um, can you give us an idea? And it's okay if you can't, but uh, are there any projects or any updates in the works from VRC, from Virtual Racing Cars, um, that you can share with us? Are there are there any teasers you can give us? Um yeah i think um there there's one teaser i can give um because by the time i think uh, this podcast will be released uh, this should be already out there uh, so so um the the next car we are doing and this is an exciting project as well because perfect example of we had you have no data of the car we even didn't have any reference uh, for the car for the 3d model at the very beginning uh, but the the formula lithium 2023 will be released uh, hopefully by the end of February. And this car is really interesting because it doesn't have any rear brakes. Uh, so we decided to have no rear brakes on the car, which sounds ridiculous because Assetto Corsa needs brakes, uh, especially for the rear. But we decided we we try to make it as realistic as possible. So so basically, the the uh, region mode uh, decides how much the rear of axle of the car is braking. And you only have the front brakes of the car. And it is really challenging to drive it. And as you can imagine, there were no data available, a part of the technical regulations uh, from um, which you can use as a reference. But apart from that, we just made assumptions like crazy. And it was like a really, really tough project because all the testing we did was basically watching onboard videos and then driving the car and hope that it's somewhat similar. And I think uh, the, the end result of this car um, is really, really great to drive and really rewarding to drive. And I think even though I'm not a huge fan of electric vehicles, um, the new car, the new Formula Lithium is by far the, 
my most favorite electric car um, you can drive right now in a set of Corsa. And uh, hopefully the, the community will feel like it as well. That's very exciting. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for this podcast. This has been amazing. I always wanted to sort of see behind the curtain of how mods are created. And I think you've done a really great job today of uh, sharing with me and with all our listeners um, some of the process that goes into this. So uh, thank you, Lucas. And uh, congratulations on all the success of virtual racing cars. And uh, yeah, the, the work you do is truly incredible. So um, where can people find you? Um, where can people find more on virtual racing cars? Yeah, I think uh, the, the simplest solution is uh, going to our website, uh, virtual-racing-cars.com, virtual which is our no, a new domain we have since uh, last year. And if you scroll down the page, you find our Facebook, Discord, Twitter handle, so everything regarding VRC. Uh, and if you are now interested in my person, uh, you can find me at Twitter as well, um, at Ferrari64. Uh, most of the time, I'm just retweeting the stuff I'm doing for VRC, but sometimes I do some personal live streams as well. So if you want to follow me, if you want to get some insights uh, regarding modding, then this is the way to go. That's great. Thank you so much for your time.